The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk and Built by Nature. Catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and Facebook. And get involved with the show using hashtag TFToday. The Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership in It is Texas Football Today. Show online. My name is Greg Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, TexasFootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at TexasFootball.com or on Facebook, or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting here, sitting over there, making us sound good today, celebrating what would have been his 229th birthday if he hadn't, he almost made it, but he unfortunately passed away in 1862. Happy birthday (laughs) to John Tyler. Oh, two grandsons still alive. Two grandsons still alive. The 10th president. Do you have, do you have trivia question, trivia things for each president? Do you think you know one interesting thing about each president? What's define interesting? Um, I mean, the fact that uh, John Tyler has the uh, the right. Gro- the Grover. We talked about Grover Cleveland. I don't, um, I don't have one of those for every one of them. Uh, William Howard Taft is the only one right. to be Supreme Court justice. To be buried in a piano box because he was so fat. Always your favorite. Not gonna let you. I'm not gonna let you do uh, that. First four through the door. Ruben Rios, Misael Romero, Tony Blaylock, and Rob Hadaway. South. Let me Miles. let me what's just up? ask. What's up? Let me just ask you. A I mean, first of all, he's got a he's got a school named after him here. A city named after him. It's true. In Tyler. John true. Tyler. That's true. Um, I don't. Uh, I couldn't tell you. So, like, Chester A. Arthur. Uh, you know anything? I mean, great facial hair. He always strikes me as, great like, the hair. the most random. Like, you know how sometimes when we sit here and we're, we're trying to think of, like, a, like, a we're speaking hypothetically about something and we come up with, like, a random, like, school, yeah. like a high school yeah. I've always got a few that I go back to. I always, oh. for some reason, Teague is always one that strikes me. Right. Uh, like San Antonio, like uh, like Highlands is another sure. one that's just like, oh, it's just a, sure. a school. Sure. Um, like the one that for a president, the one I always come back to as the most as the most random is Chester A. Arthur. Facial hair is probably the first thing yeah. I would think of. Um, I don't know. There's a few. I mean, uh, Miziel nailed it. He's like Millard Fillmore. Millard Fillmore. The, Martin, the only, Martin Van Buren. The only thing about Millard Fillmore is his name. What's like that's name? like okay. Yeah. He's got a weird yeah. like the like how many Millards do you know? Um, I'm trying to go through the list. The yeah, I would say eight is Van Buren. Nothing. Fillmore yeah. is thirteen. Nothing. Uh, Chester is. Chester Arthur is probably the next one I got nothing for. Yeah. That might be it, though. Yeah. I think I got something for the rest of them. Now yeah. that I'm thinking about it. Yeah. I would believe it. Yeah. I would believe it. I mean, we've, we've run through a Which fair number of presidents whenever it's their birthdays. And you've, dumb. You've come up. No. That's, that's like, I, that is a, that is a, a, a trivia. What's the word I'm looking for? That is a trivia um, sector that I admire is presidential is weirdo presidential history i'd say 90 percent of it i learned in like fifth grade 
it just stuck with you. Yeah. It was yeah. like it was like a thing I was into in fifth grade. Like I read all the mini like the mini thirty page biographies in the library when I was in fifth grade, and that was kind of it. Like I have a pretty decent knowledge of Texas history, and right. that's that same thing. Is like yeah. I just I for some reason I took a class yeah. on Texas history, and it stuck with me. It's just right. funny, which uh, isn't to say I haven't continued in some ways. I mean, Team of Rivals by Doris Curtis Goodwin mm-hmm. about Lincoln, great book. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ron Chernow, all the all uh, the, if Cherno's biography of Washington, unbelievable book. All the yeah. all the Doris Kearns Goodwin books are incredible. They're pretty. The good. one that I read uh, about uh, Taft and Roosevelt's really good. The um, yeah. uh, the Bully Pulpit. It's there's really, a, there's really a good. there's not to say I haven't continued, but not quite the dedication that the fifth grade Max was uh, putting out. This is a presidential podcast. It now. is now. Today is Friday, March 29th, 2019. 244 days until Thanksgiving. Episode 733. 733, Cisco Carlos's OPS in his illustrious Washington Senator's career. Pitcher who went one for five with a double and a walk. Franklin Pierce was one that... Uh, Franklin Pierce. He's, he's trying to hit president. me with that one. That one's too easy. Franklin Pierce was a drunk. He was a Southern apologist from New Hampshire, which created more problems two presidents later for Lincoln. Yeah, he's... He's he, a guy that you see at the bottom. Of his rankings. life was just destroyed by tragedy after tragedy. Like the, on the way to Washington in his inaugural train ride in, the the train derails and his wife is injured and his son is killed. Like the guy Jeez. was the guy was cursed and he was an alcoholic just beyond any measure. He was very he was a bad president with a tough life. Okay, Mr. Yeah. President. Cool. Anyway. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 no. no, no. I'm, I'm here for yeah. it. We're yeah, just no. we're a presidential podcast now. We are now. I'm, I'm sorry. Um, Stop derailing it, Miziel. Some okay. days it's soccer, uh, now it's presidents. On today's show, uh, we're going to do our East Texas regional recap, uh, and that will be the last one we get to in March. And then um, we still have three more to go. <laughs> Here's the problem. <laughs> with, by the way, everyone who's watching. We're on the double box. We're on the double box. I'm looking but, at Max. But Tepper kicked no, the not. camera yesterday at some point when he came back in at night. Mm-hmm. And now every time he sits up straight, Sorry. his head gets cut off. So I'm stepping out of the frame to Ooh, zoom, zoom out <laughs> so he'll actually stay in the freaking frame. Hi, guys. I'm Max. This is a podcast I'm about Max's, football sometimes. I'm Max's best friend. Best, most trusted friend. Continue with your football uh, talk. And then back half of the show, I know you guys did some sort of mailbag yesterday, yeah. but I understand... Um, that there were some questions that uh, they were, very were more Tepper questions yeah. than they were Max and Ish questions. Yeah, and I, 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 I forget the fan's name, so I apologize, but someone really wanted to know what we thought about the Wallace Brazos Cougars. <laughs> yeah, that's a and that's a Tepper question. That's a that's a Tepper and Step question. Yeah. That's a Tepper and Step question. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we will we'll do some we'll do some uh, kind of impromptu mailbag coming up in the back half of the show. We got a good want. question already from uh, Cesar Pando about Alvin, so we'll get to that do you later. Save on. Him? Yeah. Okay, good. All right, let's start with our East Texas, Texas High School football postmortem, uh, recapping the best and brightest things uh, out there, out east. Uh, and the, we'll start with the big picture, as we usually do. And the, uh, the big picture is um, it, was, it was awesome. It was just <laughs> awesome. It was a great, great, great year in East Texas. And it's not – and it's part of it, you know, in, in, in East Texas, we've become accustomed to – um, the same few usually small teams making runs. Um, that they kind of shuffle through teams that that kind of come through and 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 um, you know whether or not you consider we consider Carthage Piney Woods technically, but if you want to lump them into East Texas, obviously that's a small school that's used to winning uh, to winning big. Um, and so normally you have this kind of really deep layer. Uh, Gilmer is another team that's been in the mix a lot. A really deep layer of, of small school teams, and and you you counteract that and say, okay, well the big school teams that was fine, but the small school teams are what really carried us. 
And normally, whenever we do have big school teams kind of rise to the top, it it tends to be at the expense of small school teams. That like, oh, small school teams, it wasn't a great year for them, but hey, we had this one team in the big school ranks. East Texas had it all in 2019. Uh, or 2018, rather. Mm. You have... The big school success, obviously with Longview, uh, the the state champions to snap their 81-year uh, losing or state championship drought. Um, you had that. But you also had an outstanding and terrific deep group of small schools that were excellent. Um, uh, Pleasant Grove mm-hmm. made it back to a state championship game mm-hmm. in a year that we expected them to take kind of a measured step back. Uh, they make it right back to a title game, and if it weren't for Jordan Whittington, they would have won another. Um, and, by the way, talking with Josh, I talked with Josh Gibson about a week ago. They were so super young last year. Like, they were a year early last year. They're going to be back. Um, Malakoff. Malakoff making it to a state championship. Yeah, they'll be back. Uh, and they'll be back. That's another team that was so young. Um that Between them. And then there were the teams that didn't make title games that were outstanding. I thought Pittsburgh had a great year. Pittsburgh was outstanding. Um, you add in, you know, other big school teams. John Tyler had a nice year. Yep. Marshall had a really nice year. Um, Dangerfield had a really resurgent year. Jefferson was great. Van was great. Um, overall, look, if you're in East Texas, it seemed like everywhere you looked, um, it was it was outstanding football out there, whether it was big school or whether it was small school. And so uh, that is the, the big picture is that overall, like, maybe you could make an argument that it was, you know, the best, you know, that, that was the strongest region in the state yeah. this year. Uh, so that is um, the big picture. Let's talk about um, team of the year. And the team of the year, I think, is kind of obvious. It's the one state champion from East Texas, and it's probably one of the most compelling stories of the 2018 season, which was the Longview Lobos. And Longview is a squad that before the year... We thought, hmm, maybe this is it. Maybe. But we sat here. I think no team stressed us out more in 2018, like the Dave Campbell staff, than Longview. Because everything kind of set up for them. Just the yeah. district draw and, and the regional draw and the way things worked and going Division Two and yep. the way that things broke. You looked at and you looked at the talent they had on the field and talking to Coach John King and the people around that program, and they were talking about, oh, well, maybe this is the year. Yeah. But Longview has some demons, okay? A lot of them, about 81 years' worth yeah. of demons. And there were a number of times where we go, oh, uh, the regional final, I think it was, against Spring-Westfield, 14 nothing. Yeah. Uh, you were like, oh, oh, my gosh. They were like, they were one play away from maybe uh, the Amarillo-Tascosa semifinal. Or it's like, oh no, is this is this what's going to happen? Uh, and then, of course, they go into the state championship game against Beaumont Westbrook. But the credit to that program, the credit to John King, and the credit to that team, that they faced all of those challenges head-on, and they came out victorious. Um, undisputedly, in my opinion, the regional team of the year out east. And I think that I would, I would challenge anybody to say uh, otherwise. Uh, regional team of the year. I'm going with two. It's Coward. the... No, I'm going with a city. It's the city of Gladewater. It is funny, though. Gladewater. That. Let's start with Gladewater. Okay, first and foremost, I know that Gladewater is is people people think of that team, and this is a team that's made deep playoff runs, and right. it's not a surprise. They are very good. But in 2017, they were awful. <laughs> they were 2-8. and eight. 
two and eight, yeah. which is uh, admittedly not their standard, but a fu- you know, but whenever you know you start looking around, you go, okay, well, boy, maybe maybe it's just the the clock has run out on Gladewater. Yeah. Well, then they all they do is rattle off a run to a regional final, and they make it to the regional final, uh, twelve and two on the year. A terrific, terrific year for uh, for John Barry and company. It was outstanding, a bounce back year, kind of a return to form for uh, the Gladewater Bears. And then there's Gladewater Sabine, okay, and they are kind of the forgotten team mm-hmm. out there in, in in Gladewater. And I think that you know, but this is a team that uh, Coach Rex Sharp put together an outstanding bounce back year, two and eight the year uh, in 2017, two and nine. They had won more than two games in a couple of years to bounce back and just get to 500 was such an outstanding year there for, for the Cardinals and a team that I think is on the rise. Two two teams in the same city that I think something got in the water and they were <laughs> that they, they, an outstanding, outstanding year for both those squads. Um, for The city of Gladewater is our regional surprise of the year. Uh, regional coach of the year, I think... I mean, there's obviously a lot of coaches you give this thing to. Yeah. Um, you can give it to Brad Bach at Pittsburgh. Yeah. Uh, you can give it to Antoine Jimerson at, at Jefferson. Yeah. Of course, you can give it to John King at Longview. Mm-hmm. Uh Josh Josh Gibson at Pleasant Grove. For sure. Uh, I mean, there is a lot of really, really good coaches out there. My pick, though, is Jamie Driscoll at Malakoff. Uh, Malakoff makes their first state championship game ever out there on Cedar Creek Lake. And um, in uh, coming out of a a region and coming come, come walking a path, you know, there's sometimes that I think that, that teams make a state championship game but you say, oh, well, the road was really paved for them. Like a lot of teams, they that they had to get knocked out for them to to, to get that that path there. Um, so they go. This was their playoff path. They beat Pottsboro, really good Pottsboro team. They beat Jefferson. They beat Gladewater. They beat Atlanta, and they beat Brock to get to a state championship game. That. That is that is not an easy path. That's pretty good, man. That is a bruising that is pretty path. Good. You can, I think, if you were to look back at that, I wonder, based on our computer projections, I think there's a fair chance they were underdogs in at least three of those playoff games. That's probably fair. They're probably yes. underdogs to Brock. The way Atlanta was rolling, I wonder if they were underdogs to Atlanta, yep. and then Jefferson as well. This was a remarkable year for for Jamie Driscoll and company out there in, in Malakoff, and a memorable year, obviously because they made it to a state championship game. But more importantly, the way they earned their way there, I think Jamie Driscoll is my pick for regional coach of the year, regional player of the year. Again, ton of great talent out there. You give it to about fifteen different guys, but I think it's kind of obvious, yeah. right? Right. I think that it's Haynes King, the quarterback at Longview. Um, you know, this is uh, he. Uh, <laughs> Like he's gonna have a statue. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he and his dad are gonna have a statue in Longview. And uh, and you know, we actually watched that game. We had it on the T V out yeah. there in the bunker last Washington week. Yesterday. Or earlier this week. Yeah, we were talking about this yesterday a little bit too. And if you go back and, and he was great all year long, okay? Yeah. If you go back and you watch his film, he was, he was spectacular and he's starting to get become that guy who's like a big time prospect and he deserves to be that. Um but just go watch that state championship game and in the first half, you can tell He's a little goosed up. Yep. Because he, a little juiced. He, he's missed yeah. a little high. He's missing yeah. some throws. I'll sit next to uh, I'll sit next to to Gabe Brooks, and maybe nobody knows his program out there better than Gabe Brooks. Yeah. And, and I'll sit next to him, and he was like, "Oh yeah, he's 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 really amped up right yeah. now." He, like you can tell. Yeah. Um, there were a couple of throws that he made down the stretch in this game that, plain and simple, they don't win the state championship without those throws. Uh, 
the deep ball, obviously, that, that set up the, the final play, uh, or the final touchdown, I think is, is the most notable. But there were some dimes that he dropped in. And overall, you look over the course of the year, um, Haynes King was, I think, the most outstanding player in East Texas. 2019 look ahead? Um, yeah. I th- all these teams are going to be good again. All these teams are going to be really good again. Um, Longview is going to, uh, you know, how does Longview handle the pressure of being a, 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 um, a state champion? You have two teams that were runners-up that basically, in a lot of ways, we didn't think had any business making it that yeah. far to begin with yeah. in Pleasant Grove and Malakoff. Uh, I think John Tyler's still on the rise. Yeah. Uh, I think that Marshall, with a coaching change, it'll be interesting to see how they handle that. Yeah. Uh, Dangerfield's back. Let me look in the camera and say it again. Dangerfield's back. If you Ooh. buried them, go get your shovel and, and, and take off, take off the dirt. i my shovel. Jefferson is, uh, is losing a fair number of their playmakers, but they're going to be in the mix again. And then, by the way, Gladewater, if they're, if they're coming back, that, that's going to be interesting. Uh, Wascom, Atlanta, yeah. Gil. I mean, we didn't. We basically went the entire time and did not mention uh, some of the teams we always talk about, like Kilgore and Gilbert. Right. If you think they're just going to go away, you've, you're new here. Yeah. <laughs> so, overall, Is look. Is Carthage East Texas or Piney Woods? We consider Carthage to be Piney Woods. Okay. But if you want to consider them East Texas, Carthage. Okay. The team that's probably most angry about 2018 is going to come back with a vengeance, and they're going to be really good again. Right. So, overall, it's it's an outs- it's always a great time to be an East Texas high school football fan. Uh, I think that it's undisputedly one of like it's a there. Every region goes through peaks and troughs. This is a peak. This is this is the upswing. So enjoy this. I think 2019 is going to be just as memorable as 2018. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com slash Insider to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. It's our subscription package, two magazines, years worth of content at TexasFootball.com, $19.95 for the first year. Check it out, TexasFootball.com slash Insider. It's Friday, Max, and I didn't play another segment. And so we're going to. Um, Give the people what they want. We're going to do a layup. Give the people what they want. Um, with with that. So we will have uh, kind of an impromptu, I guess. Mailbag. Mailbag. First off, Tony Blaylock says, Malakoff, per Jerry's rankings, looking back, underdogs to Jefferson and Gladewater. Mm-hmm. Pickham versus Brock, eight-point favorite over Atlanta. So, okay. Not, not well, in Atlanta, you remember, Atlanta right. had um, they had a fair number of losses. Yeah. Because that was a team that Step and I were super high on in the early, like, before the year. And they started off, like, one and three or something like yeah. that. And and then, so that, that'll get you buried in the rankings. So, uh, yes, that is, uh, that is interesting. Uh, Greg Laird wants to know if I ever get tired of hearing you talk. Sometimes. I mean, you kind of know what you're signing up for, guys. Plus, I don't have anything to say. The big misconception people sometimes have with this show is like, oh, Greg's talking the whole time. We didn't let anyone t- talk. You know why? Because Greg knows ten times what I know. I have nothing to add except to make fun of Greg, so I'm on your side. Right. This is how the show works. If you want the expert opinion, you get it from Greg and Matt Step, and the rest of the time I sit here and make sure the buttons flip and everyone See, sounds normally, normal. Well, and this is the issue. This is, the this is like what happened when you were gone yesterday and we did this mailbag. Ish and I were like, yeah, we're not answering half of these because we got no idea. It's because we're on the two box. And yeah. normally... I'm sitting here not saying anything. You're sitting there right. and nobody notices that you're just pressing buttons right. and doing the work in right. the, the magic. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I talk a lot. You gotta, you, it's kind of the, kind of the point of the show. There's a lot of knowledge to share. <laughs> I look, I, look, I appreciate what Greg's trying to say. I'm extremely handsome. 
He wants to hear from me more. My voice is beautiful. Mm-hmm. All these things. I assume this is why he means all of this. And Greg, I'm flattered. But I really have not much. I don't have much to add other mm-hmm. than a, other than a funny quip here or there. Hither and yon. Yes. Um, next question. Mm-hmm. Right. I really oh, actually, it. let's oh, start. Let's start with let's, let's start with our guy yesterday from Wallace yes. Brazos. Mm-hmm. Talk about Wallace Brazos last year and how you think they'll do this year. Okay. Greg Tepper. So this is why you ask Greg the questions and not me. Yes, that's that's actually an, an outstanding <laughs> uh, an outstanding point. So the Cougars uh, in two thousand and let me pull up their page. Um, so a, a solid year, I would say overall for for the Cougars last year, and and, and the biggest thing that stands out to me, obviously a, uh, a leap. Uh, but more importantly, this was a team that um, that that kind of st- started getting hot offensively. Right. It was a team that that I think that that their offense really hit another gear, um, and especially it got better as the year went on. Uh, overall, you know, now I think that you know when you get thrown into a district, you know, they're in the district with Shiner, and and Shiner's going to test you every single year. And 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 the good thing is that when you're in that district, you have a measuring stick. You say, all right, where are we compared to them? Because yep. they're the big bad bully on the block. Right. Uh, but overall, you know, to 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 with your two district losses only be to Shiner and Weimer, and to, to get a playoff win, uh, boy, first playoff win since boy, it's been a minute. Survey says, who, who? Are you hopping in the DeLorean right now? You're going so far back. They haven't won one at least since 2004. I don't even look back. So obviously, that's a great season. Now, if I remember correctly, this was a relatively senior-heavy type team. Um, and you know, w- when you look at what coach Ned Barry are doing, I mean, that's kind of, this was the third year for him there in, in Brazos. And, and so the, the build has been usually takes about three years. Now he's going to have to go and, 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 and rebuild this thing. Um, and, and kind of find some, find some pieces to, uh, to, to fill in because otherwise, you know, a lot of these guys that they were, that they were most reliant on, um, were gone. Luke, Dem- uh, Luke Demney, their, their quarterback, uh, was a senior, um, Hunter Vyakakal, Vyakakal, their their big tight end was a senior. Jaden Ward, their their safety was a senior. So a lot of the key pieces that kind of led to this resurgence, they're gonna have to rebuild. I don't know what their junior class looked like. They had a couple I know promising juniors, a uh, big offensive lineman, uh, Hatton Edward Hatton, who I, I know that they were high on. But overall, you know, there's gonna be some rebuilding to do. And 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 the hardest thing to do in high school football, I think, is to keep maintaining a level of excellence. Mm-hmm. That's great you did it for one year. The mark of a good program is to be able to do it year after year after year. Yeah. So um, the good news is they've got those measuring sticks with, with Shiner and Weimer in their district. I, I would expect them I, – I bet we'll pick them in the playoffs. I haven't, we don't have our predictions right. finalized quite yet. My guess would be we'll pick them probably third in that district, probably behind Shiner and Weimer. But, um, but overall, I think things, things are obviously trending positive there yeah. uh, at Brazos. So that's my, th- that's my uh, thought. Back to our man at the beginning, Cesar Pando. He wants to go – this is complicated. We've had a, we got this is, is this – I think it's fair to say this is a school board's run amok season. Oh, yeah. More than any – this is, what, my fourth off season here? Mm-hmm. This is the worst as far as administration's making some bad There's decisions. usually one, yeah. but there's been like three or four. Yeah. So Cesar Pando wants to know, what the heck is going on with the Alvin head coaching job? Who else applied and withdrew? Uh, yeah. So I don't have the inside information that I know nah, Step gonna, does. Step has that. I don't think he would release it publicly sure. anyway to, as a favor to those coaches. But, but from what we understand – now, here's – there's it's an interesting thing going on there in Alvin, okay? Obviously – Disappointing year this past year, um, you know, a winless season. Um, and they are there. There's a lot going on there 
There's just a lot going on there. Um, <laughs> that I, I don't... How do I say this how without I say this? being so, so Buddy Harden steps down. Right. Um, and uh, Kirk Botkin gets hired. Mm-hmm. A former South Carolina assistant co- head coach or assistant coach. Comes in in February. Uh, and then two days later, he goes and says, nah. Like they had, they had, if I remember correctly, they had like tweeted this out and like taken pictures with him wearing Alvin stuff, and then Coach Botkin bailed. So now the job is still open, and now we're getting to the point where even if they hadn't, even if they, even if the the job you consider the starting point of when this job was open was when Coach Botkin left, which was on February twenty seventh. We're now at the point now where it's stale. Yeah, it's starting to get a little bit, and people are starting to ask questions about what's going on. Now, look, Alvin is plain and simple. Down there in Alvin ISD, you you used to have two schools. It was Alvin High and Manville. Yep. Needless to say, Manville doing big things, stuff like that. Right. Now, with the addition of Shadow Creek, yep. The talent pool is being divided once again. Yeah. And. The, the school that I don't know what the enrollment situation as far as like if there's open enrollment down there in Alvin ISD, I've, I've, I would need to look that up. Yeah. But the thing about that is you are what your talent pool is. And in a lot of ways, it's getting diluted even further with the opening of Shadow Creek. Obviously, Shadow Creek had a pretty good year. Yeah. There's still talent say, down there. Yeah, I believe that Phil Vaney chimed in here to our man down in Houston. He says that's affecting Manville more, but the point remains Alvin doesn't have the kids that the sure. other ones, the other two do. I mean, that's exactly it. And 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 you know, Alvin Alvin's always going to be kind of third place. They were always going to be second place to Manville. Right. Now, they're now they're third, third place. Yeah. And so the job is an interesting one. I think that I think it's one of those things that because it's a six A job, it's always going to get that kind of buzz. It's always yeah. going to have that kind of um, allure. But at the same time, you got to go in there and you got to look around and say, "Is this the job for me?" Step has some information about that that I that I don't. Yeah. We'll probably talk about. I think we're recording a podcast next week. We'll probably talk about it there. You'll definitely talk about uh, it. I mean, step, one thing yeah. to keep in mind: sometimes it's uh, more public, sometimes it's not. Sometimes a reporter will get it out. A lot of times, a coach can shake hands and say, "I'm taking this job," and this district says, "We'd like to offer you the job." Yeah. And then when it goes to the board for the vote the next night, it'll be a four-three vote. That ain't a vote of confidence. Yeah. If you win your vote for getting hired by one vote, that means there is half the board looking to chop you down the first chance they get. And a lot of times that's what happens with these jobs is everyone agrees. And, you know, Step always says pending board approval, right? What you want is the board to go 7-0, 9-0, however many people are on the board. I don't know if it's a standard Mm -hmm. or not. But you want it to be unanimous. Mm -hmm. Unanimous vote. We want this guy here. That's okay. I feel good about taking this job. If you're sketchy, you're like, you know what? I'll take this job, but I'm not sure how well it's going to go. I know there's a lot going against me. And then the board, it becomes clear the board approval vote is going to be 4 3, or it does go through and it's 4 3 or something like that. I don't blame a single coach for backing out because at that point, the administration's a problem. And. They're, we're doing something. I don't want to give too much away. We're giving. I we're, teased this yesterday. We're too. doing something in the magazine yeah. for the first time. We're going to yeah. do a coach's survey. Yeah. We're asking them questions, kind of, you know, semi anonymously, yeah. so that we want to get their actual take on things. And yeah. one of the questions I asked was, "What are the um, what what matters most to you when you're considering a job?" And we have yeah. five different things. Yeah. It's still early. Yeah. I, we're still getting responses in, and we're going to keep getting responses in. But number one with a bullet, 
blowing away location, blowing away salary, yeah. blowing away talent pool was administrative support. Yep. Because if you don't have that, I'm telling you, it does. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, and a lot of fans need to realize that's yeah. that's the biggest factor. Mm-hmm. Nine times out of ten, when these sort of things happen, is you look at the board votes. Yes. Understand that every day that guy comes to his job, that he knows there half the school board doesn't want him there. Mm-hmm. Like Before imagine, it, imagine if you had three bosses. Okay, right. if you had three bosses, and one of those bosses legitimately did not like you and didn't think you should have that job. Right. That's a tough. Even if those other two bosses really love you, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's, so it's it's what you're yeah. willing to walk into. So. Yes. That's how this stuff happens a mm-hmm. lot of the time, and I think it's good for, for fans to understand mm-hmm. that that's kind of the situation. So I don't know if that's 100% the, the deal in Alvin, but there's a lot of factors working against that job. Yeah. And if that was part of it, that explains a lot. Right. Uh, Frederick Walker wants to know, what do you think about the Buckeyes next year? Got to be a little more specific. You know which ones. You're right. I think Ohio State's got a you chance. You suck. <laughs> Man, I'm great. Yeah. Uh, that that was that was a that was a really good bit. Okay. Gilmer's a weird one. Gilmer's a weird one because yeah. obviously last year was not up to their standard. Um and and I know that this is a this is a team this is a program that has high expectations every year long. And when Matt Turner took over, he knew that. Yeah. He knew and, and you know, it's amazing that we're talking about a team that went three rounds deep in the playoffs and it's like nope. Not very good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because they, they did go six and seven on, on the year, but that's not up to their standards. Now, look, they're losing Trey Fluellen, who is arguably, I would say, their most explosive player. But I think this chance, you know, one of the things, one of the reasons that um, Gilmer struggled last year is that they got, they did not get hit by the injury bug. Mm-hmm. They did not get bit by it. They got devoured. Yeah. They were swallowed yeah. whole by them. And look, part of it, and when you're in a district with teams like PG, with teams like Ple- with teams like Liberty Isla, with teams like Pittsburgh, it's unforgiving. Yeah, it's unforgiving. Like it's every single week. And so as a result, when you look at the, you know, hopefully they'll just be healthier. And if they're healthier, talent's never been an issue. Okay, they're bringing back a lot. I know they love their offensive line they've got coming back. Um, they've got Daryl Bush, uh, who uh, flashed as a junior last year. I think he ran for 850 yards or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got another Fluellen and Dylan Fluellen, who kind of can take over. They got another playmaker who's going to be all over the field, Davion Smith. Talent's never hurting. Yep. And and I would say that if they can just stay healthy again, we'll have a better measuring stick. They'll least. be better. Like yeah. I mean, it, it seems silly that, but but if you look at this team. They were so ravaged by injuries, and sometimes that can be a positive for the next year because you get these youngsters meaningful minutes on a Friday night. Yep. So I would say I would expect a bounce back year, if only because they're due to get a little bit lucky. Yeah. <laughs> like they were, like yeah. even if just luck swings the other way, they're right. going to be a better. They're going to be a better team. Yeah. That's kind of my thought on it. Um, really quickly, mm-hmm. uh, what do you think the Lobos' chances are of repeating? Um, good. Good. That said, it's not a slam dunk. It's not a slam dunk, and the one thing tough. And the one thing I will tell you guys is that this is six um, A Division two is going to be better. Yeah. this year it should. I think that I don't think there's really any doubt about that. I think they're going to be better now. Here, there's a lot of good things for Lo- for Longview. Okay, they're going to bring back obviously the quarterback in Haynes. Uh, they're going to bring back, I think, a lot of the defense, including Tyshawn Taylor, that they're really excited about coming back. And more importantly, the next group of kids that are coming up, if you go talk to John King, 
he'll tell you we're we're feeling good because the youngsters, the J, I think their JV went undefeated last year. Mm-hmm. Things like that matter. Um, look, I think six eight division two is going to be better. Yeah, and I think that it's going and and it's also it is a different dynamic when you are uh, when you've got the belt around your waist. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's what Longview has. Would I predict them to win a, another state championship right now? Probably not. But I also wouldn't bet against them. Yeah, I mean, if you're shortlisting it, they're one of the t- five Absolutely. teams you put in the shortlist. They're going to start. They're going to yeah. start the year ranked no worse than the top ten yeah. of six A, and yeah. that's including D one and D two. Yep. So yeah, I mean, they've got some pieces to look. Jafania Lister and uh, Camden Perry and Keelan Williams and Jesse Anderson, those guys were awesome, and they don't grow on trees. Nope. But Longview's got some they dudes. Got dudes. They're they going to be fine, dudes. and you got the quarterback. Yep. And that's going to be the best single caller in the States, so that helps. Mm-hmm. Alan Wall says, Carthage, we're coming back with fire in our eyes. Respect the seat. Look, I will say this. Uh, yeah. Take this one away from you. I'm doing the 4A preview stuff right now and uh, putting together the 4A preseason All-State team. Mm-hmm. An alarming number of Carthage players on the all, all state. They were really young. They're they were real young. I don't think people realize. I don't know the, the top level talent that that team has. If they can get it all moving in one direction, Carthage might be pretty brutal. I mean, it was, a, it was a it was got to out the quarterback, but right, it was a down year for Carthage in in scare quotes. Yeah. Um, and they went fourteen and one and made it to a semifinal. Yep. And look, if if they had lost, if they had beat. Liberty Hill, which they didn't get blown out by Liberty right. Hill. I think Liberty Hill was the better team. I right. think the better team won. Yeah. If they beat Liberty Hill, they're playing for another title. Yeah. I think they would have been. I I I think they would have been underdogs to La Vega. But yeah. you know that's also post hoc. Um, right. I would say that yeah, it's not a It would not be a surprise if Carthage won another state championship coming next year. And I think that in a lot of ways, sometimes I think if you talk to Scott Surratt, I think he's probably happy that they lost. Uh, not happy. That's the wrong way to say. I think he can view some positives in losing, in the sense of saying, "Okay, you're not invincible. You got to go out there and earn it." And right. sometimes coaches coaches will tell you sometimes you got to get knocked on your butt, yeah. especially when you've been when you've won what thirty in a row, whatever yeah. it was. So, Jesse Wyatt, our man, has a trivia question for you, Tepper. Oh Lord! And you're getting what you put out. I'm telling you that right now. There are four schools that are in Class Five A. That are within 130 miles of one another on the same interstate. And all schools' mascots are cats. What four schools are they? 5A. What? I know. He comes up with some weird ones. I got to give him credit. So they're cats? Yes. We're not necessarily saying jungle cats. Just cats. Okay. Within 130 miles, but they're on the same interstate. On the same interstate. I hope he knows what interstate is and doesn't mean highway. Yeah, because I think that's different. Because if, if these are teams on Highway Six, I'm gonna be mad. Yeah, no, right. Okay, they're catch. Interstate Five. This, oh, this is, is tough. tough. This is tough. I'm going through right now, and I'm. I'm thinking like immediately. I'm doing all the uh, north, south, east, west. I'm going like. The for problem some, is for, it's five A too. I'm gonna pull up five A. I almost immediately want to rule out metro areas, like heart of metro areas, because that just doesn't seem fair. Yeah, because right. at that point it's like okay, um, you know, it's it's not, a, but like Cedar Hills on an interstate, right? It's on thirty. No, twenty, no. twenty. No, 
Uh, we're, oh, we're saying like oh, right Cedar, on Oh, Cedar Hill. Cedar Hill's on Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, we're talking 5A. They have to be 5A. God bless it. Okay. Killing um, us, Jesse. You really are. Um, I don't know. Um, 5A school. Okay. Okay. Here's Here, what I'm gonna, he, He's got the answer. Okay, go ahead. It's on I-30. Okay, on I-30. Yeah. So then we're talking either east or You're west. going east. You're going yeah, east. Yeah, we're going east yeah. because, yeah, 30 ends in Fort Worth. Um, 30. Five. Here's your clue because I think this will help. Yeah. What is the first major 5A school you hit on your way to Texarkana on I-30 once you get away from the Metroplex? Um... 2008 state champion? Greenville. Well, that's one of them, but that's not a state champion. So Greenville, Sulphur Springs. Boom. There's your state champion. And? John Tyler? No, they're, no, they're on. No, you're too on, far north. Uh, too far north. Who else is on there? Oh, my gosh. Well, you know where you're going to end up. Texarkana. You're going to end up Texarkana with the, uh, with the Tigers. Tigers. So, so Tigers, Lions, Wildcats. And? Are we talking this is closest to the Metroplex? No, no, no. Oh, the Far East. Far East. To save us time. Mount Pleasant. Mount Pleasant. Yes, thank you, the Tigers. Jesse, okay. your questions. I mean, I'm impressed. Don't get me wrong. That's an extremely esoteric question. No one enjoys I'm like the one yeah. person in the world who would find that question interesting. Yeah, right. <laughs> I know. I know. No one enjoys listening to us do dead yeah. on the podcast. Like, Golly, All right, we'll do lightning round now. You got to Go. hammer through these as quick as you can. There's a few of them too. Uh, Derek Del Rio was Pittsburgh a surprise? No. no. Uh, well, I th- think to the extent they I were, think that I, think, they I were. think that this was yeah. a team we thought could be really good. Um, I saw them in their opener against Jefferson, which ended up being like un- two unbelievable teams. Um, and Pittsburgh looked the part. Um, we knew they had some. We knew that they had some cats. Who's that kid that was really good? RJ something. Is that right? Um, signy. Who is that kid? Yeah. Um, Keontae Burns. That's it. Yep. Um, Keontae Burns. I know was a, was a playmaker, and, and they were. I know they were really excited about this team. Uh, I think they. I think they exceeded expectations, but right. I wouldn't consider them a surprise. Okay. Uh, our man Brent Homan, who's going to have big news coming up uh, after the Wichita Falls area having such a great season overall from big schools to small schools. Who can repeat that success? Who's rebuilding? And is there a surprise team waiting for a breakout? I don't know about a surprise team waiting for a breakout. I think you're going to talk about the usual suspects. Um, I think that um, – here's a hot take. I yeah. think Iowa Park's here to stay. Yeah. I don't think this is a fluke. I think this is – I think the, I think they're building something. Interesting. I think, I think they're going to stick around. Okay. Um, Hershey's going to be interesting. Hershey's going to be interesting with the coaching yeah. coaching change. Um, I would love it if Ryder kept, going. kept yeah. it going. Bindle's great. Um, He's hilarious. Graham will be great. Um, per usual, um, holiday is going to stick around as, as uh, you know. Per usual, I also think that I also think that Windthorst is is trending up. So. Zeke's barbecue is overrated. Just throwing that. Boy, out. just, just got to throw it out there. Just throw it out there. It was fine. It was fine. Um, Eddie Jackson, my man. Quick rundown of three six A so far. How you see it? Yeah. Um, God bless. How many of those have we gotten in yet? That's yeah. the thing. You're you're relying on a lot of the questionnaires. Um, yeah, yeah. To come so we've in got so some of the questionnaires. I would say um I think obviously Yule's Trinity, I think, has to start the year at the top. I think they've they've earned that. Yeah. Um I think Richland Richland's interesting because I yeah. think that they're a team that, that could end yeah. up kind of sticking around for a while. Um and then I think I think it's gonna be Abilene Central kind of duking it out for third and fourth. Yeah. 
That's I'm very interested to see right how now. it goes with Malachi Brown in year two. Yes, uh, I think that I think that that's another example of like when you get bit so hard by the injury bug that sometimes it sucks right then, but then you move forward and right. it's it's that positive. I think Malachi Brown getting that um, that meet those meaningful reps in Feb or in on Friday nights. I think that's going to pay dividends in 2019. Uh, our man John Velo checking in from Comfort. How's it going, man? Hope your off season's good. Uh, Demetrius Reitner, how good do you think? Texas High will be in the third year under coach staff. I think they'll be better. I think that this is a. I think that um, you know, th- year three is kind of the make or break year. I think that's when you really start to get uh, a measurement of, yeah. of how good this team is going to be. Um, do we have their questionnaire in yet? Do we have their Always fun to have a sneak peek. Uh, I don't think we do. Um, so, yeah, or maybe we do, and I, I can't find her that's real right. quick. But uh, I think they'll be. I think they'll be in. You know, in, improved and overall. You know, God bless it. What is going on? Sorry. It's okay if you don't have it. I know. I'm looking for it, though. Well, that's all right. Um, I mean, the thing is, though, like, because of their district, I also think their district is going to be better. Like, I think John Tyler is going to continue to be better. I I think that Poteet is going to be really, really good, even with a new coach. Um, I think West Mesquite's going to be good. I think McKinney North has a chance to be pretty good. Uh, I think Sherman's on the rise. Mm-hmm. I don't think Wiley East is staying down for long. And so, if you're if you're there at Texas High, you got to make sure you beat at least three of those guys. Yeah. Just to get in the playoffs. Yeah. So, yeah. And by the way, that could mean if you if you don't finish in the top two, that could mean you're getting fed to Lufkin or College Station in the first right. round. So, it's a lot going on. I I think that they're going to be better, but. How does that translate to a statewide perspective? I don't know. And and I think their draw is really, really tough being in that part of Region 2. I'm going to tie these two together because they're kind of the same kind of team. Mm-hmm. And I'll, you'll understand right away when I tell you. Daniel Agnew wants to know how Permian will be next season. And then Deshaun Christopher said, what is your opinion of last year's John Tyler season? I think that's a great way to phrase that. Because these are two programs that are both saddled by strange expectations. Mm-hmm that are probably not commensurate with their True. current talent pools relative to what it used to be. I think if you win 10 wins at John Tyler, if you win 10 games at John Tyler, that's an unmitigated success. Yeah. And I know that's not a popular opinion in, in Tyler, Texas, because this is the, that's a program that has high expectations, and their fan base yeah. has high expectations. Um, but if you go 10-3, and your losses are to Cedar Hill, Longview... And Highland Park. I have a that's two state champions, and a team that you know should have done better than they did in the playoffs. Yeah. If you are complaining about that, I don't I, I don't know that you have a leg to stand on. And yeah. I understand that I know Rickland Holmes can be a, a lightning rod. Okay. We we enjoy it very much. I love him. Yeah, he's great. I know that he can be a lightning rod. Yeah. But if you are winning 10 games in Tyler, at John Tyler, things are going well. And especially, look, I know that there are going to be people who complain because of the way that the season ended, right? Because of the incredible yeah. comeback Highland Park had. Yeah. But the bottom line of it is that if that that 10 wins is a measure of success. Yeah. And I think that you can't view John Tyler 2018 as anything other than a success. Right. Uh, as far as Permian is concerned, yeah. I think they'll I think they're they'll continue to to be improved. 
I think that obviously losing Peyton Powell and losing Ed Williams is going to because they're going to there's going to be a bit of a vacuum for skill position kids. And I I haven't looked at their if it's in I haven't looked at it their questionnaire. I want to see what they what they feel like they have from a skill position spot. I think the defense should be pretty good. And look. Uh, Tesco's are run the world right there in, in the little Southwest Conference right now. Somebody's going to have to knock that off. They're losing a fair amount of their kids too, but overall, you know, Permian will be in the mix. They'll be, yeah. they'll be, they'll be fine. Yeah. I, I, I want to know what they have from a skill position perspective. Though. Josh Chappas says five more regional recaps left. Three. Three. Hey, um, there we've we go. We've got uh, Super Centex, um, DF Dub, which is, uh, DF Dub, and Houston. There you go. Mark Goslin, La Vega repeat. Yeah, it looks like so. A, this hey, is interesting, and we were talking about this. We were just talking uh, when about we this get in questionnaires in. Yeah, um, the one that I always I'm always interested in is because we ask the coaches, "How do you feel about um, rank the top five teams in the state in your classification?" Mm-hmm. And the four A Division One ones I always look at very closely. Yeah, and ain't nobody thinks La Vega's going away. Like they, no. if, if if you if La Vega feels like they're going to fly under the radar this year, I have very bad news for them. Nope. Uh, people think they're going to be very good. We think they're going to be very good. But four division ones, tough. It's, it's the toughest. It's the toughest one. Toughest one. It's I, I, it is the one that I I really just beg people like let me get to like the by district or area round before I make my decision. Because yeah. That's because you're talking about tough. you're talking about Argyle, Carthage, it's Stephenville, La Vega, nastiest. Liberty Hill, Midlothian yeah. Heritage, Kennedale, yeah. Henderson, Hershey. I mean, and then you get into teams like Navasota, yeah. right? And teams like Van, and it's teams tough, like y'all. Andrews. It's, it's tough, like y'all. it's a really, really tough. It's really tough classification yeah. to call. Yeah. So, do all you can say. I'm I'm a big believer that you just take a number of teams and you put them in the mixer, and then you just kind of say, all right, one of these teams is going to be. A, all you can ask is to be in the mixer, and yeah. La Vega is undoubtedly in that mix. This is a great question, but it requires a column, so I'm going to acknowledge it and then say, there's no way we'll get through this quick enough. Tony Blaylock asks, how many of the 24 state finalists have a better than 50% shot at being back? That would take forever. It really would. Because I'm not going to... You know what? 50% that's is a like... Good, that's a good premium. It is column. a good premium idea. I'm gonna, uh, I, I, can, I, can ra- I can rate their... I can rank the chances of repeat. Your, che- your check's in the mail, Tony. Uh, guys, lots of great questions. Uh, one more. I'll, I'll just, our man, Jesse Wyatt, as a... As a I'll, I'll get to his because he got the trivia question and it was good. He goes, what do you think about Claude Mathis, Mathis being back at DeSoto? I'm excited to see how it goes. Here's what I'll say. There are a lot of opinions out there about it, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of thoughts. Boy, people have thoughts on Claude. But here's what I'm going to say. I, whatever you think of Claude, whatever you think about any of the situation, the one thing that's true about sports, with coaches especially, it's really hard to go home again. Mm-hmm. A second trip through the ringer at a school. And I'm sure a few of you will have, oh, point to this coach, point to this coach. I can point to 10 where it just doesn't work at any level. It's just, it's hard. If I, and I don't wish the meal will. I hope it goes well. It'll be more entertaining for me if it does. Um, and I'd love to have that DeSoto be fighting for state championships. It's just tough. It's tough to go back and replicate the success you had the first time through. I don't know why. I don't have scientific reasons. You just look at the body of work. It's tough. Can I go for it? Can I name drop? Yeah. So yesterday at opening day, I saw Rick Renner. Oh yeah, nice. And Rick just did an interview with Claude out there, and I asked him how it went, and he he was talking about how starkly because he did an interview with Mike Robinson um, the year before, 
and talked about how starkly different the practices are. Oh, sure. That like, in a lot of ways, Mike Mike Robinson is a little bit more of a big picture guy. He's like, you know, let's let's make sure we get these things, we get the the game plan in. Let's make sure everybody's doing doing the right thing. Um, he's a big picture guy, um, and maybe n- the guy you would not call a disciplinarian. Claude Mathis is decidedly a disciplinarian right. and that this is a tight ship. We are doing this for 10 minutes and we are doing this. Yeah. And so I wonder if there is a transition period that they are, these, this is going to be the third coach Maybe. in three years, guys. Yeah. Like if you're, if you're a senior this year, then you have had three coaches. You had Todd Peterman, you've had Mike Robinson. Now you've had Claude Mathis. Yeah. And it'll be, I, 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 what I'll say is that I don't know if necessarily what he does this year will be reflective of, of how good of a coach he is, but rather just the transition uh, and the toll that that takes. I think takes. that's fair, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of other good questions. I'd love to get to them, guys. We could do this all day, but we got to get going. Last one. This one's important. Meziel ask, asks, is Greg going to invest in a trophy case for all of his awards? I don't know what you're talking about. Meziel remain, remains my favorite. It's going to do it for he, us. Even though he derails this show constantly. with do it for us. Thank you for spending Burger Day with us. Follow us How on Twitter. How big do you think that DCTF, trophy case like would need Facebook, to be? Facebook.com slash Dave Pretty big, follow probably. Follow us on Instagram. And follow us, uh, and of course, see us at Texas but Where would football. you put it in the house? Vince Young, please meet your player of the year trophy. Would it have glass? We'll see you Monday. Lighting? Texas football today. Mm-hmm.